welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly. Now we ask, Lord, that you would abide with us, that this sacrifice will be pleasing aroma to your nostrils. And as you meet us here, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will have already prepared our hearts for your word. And I pray, God, that you would speak mightily to us. Lord, speak specifically in ways that I can only speak in generalities. And help us, God, to apply your word to our lives that we might be doers of your word and not hearers only. Thank you for this church, a place of refuge for our souls place of growth and fellowship, a place of worship. Be glorified as your people gather in your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you go to your seats, I am ecstatic to be here with you, Epiphany, to celebrate 16 years of God's faithfulness. Oh, come on. We can do better than that. Can we praise God? If God has blessed you through this church, if you you are better because God used this church as a tool in your life, it's okay to praise God for your church. If you got saved here, if you've grown here, if you've been blessed here, if you found fellowship here, maybe you found your spouse coming to this church. Maybe you've been blessed one way or the other. I am grateful. I, I, I am a beneficiary of Epiphany Fellowship, and I am incredibly grateful. Uh, I, I was around. First, let me, let me celebrate uh, my big brother and my big sister, Dr. Eric Mason, Lady Yvette. We celebrate. Can we praise God? God said through the prophet Jeremiah that I will give you pastors after my own heart. And he fulfilled that promise here in Philadelphia at Epiphany. Can we? It's okay. It's okay with God that you praise him for his gifts. Can, did he give you a gift in Dr. Dr. Mason and Lady Yvette? Let's praise God for them. Hallelujah. It's been almost 20 years. Dr. Mason has been a big brother, a mentor, a coach, a friend uh, to me. He's opened so many doors for me. He, he was there my first year in seminary um, at Dallas Seminary. Uh, Pastor Mace was there. He, he was already done, but he was hanging out around campus, making sure that, that, that we, we was acting right. <laughs> um, that he, he, he was still investing in young guys coming behind him um, and I'm incredibly grateful. I was there in Dallas when the seeds of thought were being planted uh, for a church to be planted in Philadelphia. We was all talking about this dream team that was coming to Philly to, to plant this church and we were super excited about what the Lord would do and now 16 years later to, to look back 
and see what the Lord has done. It's amazing. It is a marvel in our eyes. Some of y'all who've been here the whole 16 years know how good God has been uh, through this incredible and amazing ministry. And I'm incredibly grateful for the privilege of celebrating Sweet 16 with you all. Uh, my wife Lavera is here. My boys are hanging out. Praise God uh, for them. I praise God that they are with me. Um, it's been inflation since, uh, since, since the pandemic, so I don't know how much amens cost in Philly, so I just brought my own. How much are amens up here? Is it... <laughs> Pastor Mace told you about my book. Actually, um, that the, that book, the seeds of that book were planted from him because he he asked me to come up to to Philly to the Thriving Conference. Yeah, he asked me to come up to Philly to the Thriving Conference to talk about the millennials. And then other churches and businesses were like, "Can you come, Pastor Bobby? Can you come and teach us about these millennials? They talk about us like we on the Nature Channel. Like, can you <laughs> tell us about these millennials?" <laughs> And I, I learned that in order to teach you about the quirks of my generation, I got to teach you about the quirks of yours. And so, and so that, that teaching and that coaching and consulting really became an, a, a, a teaching about how all of us work. Because all of us got the way that we are, honestly. We all have uh, experiences and upbringing and home staples and cultural heroes that shaped each generation's values and if we would have grace for one another what we'll find is that there is intersection in a lot of those values and so if we would meet each other where we are and have grace for you to be different from me but also as valuable as me um, then we can come together and connect and accomplish common goals and so we put all that together in this book called Gentigration Connecting Leaders Across Generations uh, if you want to pick it up you can I think we're going to do a table afterwards we'll love to meet you. We'd love to say hey um, and scribble on your book if you want to get it. Um, Psalm 126. Is it okay? We're going to go to the scriptures. Psalm 126. In a moment, we're going to pick up reading at verse 1. Psalm 126. Um, I, I don't know about y'all. Roll with me for a second. I don't know about y'all, um, but I hate road trips. Anybody other than me? I don't, I don't do road trips like that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like getting in the car. If I can fly, fly me there, please. Okay? I'm, it's the scenic route. I don't want to see nothing out here. <laughs> we, we all cramped in this one car going somewhere. We could have been there three hours ago, but we wanted to take a road trip. But when I get stuck, when I have to go on a road trip, music helps me. Music uh, kind of gets me through. I Actually, what I do is I time the road trip. Okay, so how long is the road trip? Okay, that's three albums and a half. All right, so we, they, they, like, this is how it works in my brain so I can get through uh, the road trip um, and music helps. So like, you can drive. I don't care. You can drive. Uh, give me the Bluetooth. All right, give me the Bluetooth. I will be the one fighting over the auxiliary cord. Do y'all know what an auxiliary cord is? I'd be the one I, it, because I, I need music to kind of help me through uh, the road trip. And I, I'm saved, y'all, but it ain't all Tremaine Hawkins and Donnie McClurkin. I love Jesus, but if I don't be on this road trip, I need some Parliament Funkadelic to get me through this thing. I'm just trying to tell somebody I need 
Need you to take me to the mothership. If we're on our way to Atlanta, I need to stop by the mothership. I'm from D.C., y'all. I need some go-go. Give me some Chuck Brown, some rare essence up in here. I need, I need, I need to get, get put me in the pocket. Um, I, and and y'all, I, I, you know, sometimes don't look at me like that. You know, sometimes I'll break into some Katy Perry. I'll go full white girl on y'all. Okay. You want to see me roar? You know what I'm saying? For about 45 minutes of this, <laughs> of this drive. And don't let there be some unexpected traffic. Cause I might need some ludicrous to help me tell y'all to move. Get out the way. I see y'all in the back. Y'all are judging me. I'm just trying to say that um that that I I need music when there's a long trip. In order to make through a long difficult journey, I need a playlist. So did Israel. And so in the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms is the hymn book of the Israelite people. And there are certain types of Psalms throughout the book of Psalms. If you turned to Psalm 126, you may have noticed before you get to verse one, there's a superscription. Superscription is just a little thing at before the Psalm starts to tell you a little bit about the song. This one's just one line. It says that it's a song of a a song of a sense. You, you know what it means? To ascend, it means to go upward. A song of ascent is a is a psalm that the people of Israel would sing on the long, hilly, tedious journey upward to Jerusalem. As they ascended up the difficult hills on the way to Jerusalem, they would sing these songs in order to stay encouraged. They hated road trips just like I did, and they needed music just like I do, and they would write songs of of a sense that would help them on the journey on the difficult journey that they were on this particular song verse psalm 126 is a song like that is a like song they would sing this on that difficult journey now here's what it says it says when the lord restored the fortunes of zion we were like those who dream then our mouths were filled with laughter. Then our tongues with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We're glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, will surely come back with shouts of joy, carrying his sheaves with him. This was a song that they would sing. This is a this is the lyrics of the song that they would sing on long, tedious, difficult journeys. I don't know if anybody is feeling a situation like that right now. Are you going through a season right now? It's not like you're ungrateful, but you're on a long journey. You're going uphill rather than downhill. The momentum you feel like has been lost. There's been 
struggle in different areas of your life. I don't know if it's relationships or money or professionally or personally in your personal or mental uh, health, whatever it might be, but you are going through a difficult season. The, the, the folks in church will call it, they say, child, I'm going through. I just want to encourage somebody who's been on a difficult journey um, that God is still good. God is still faithful. And if you are discouraged because this is a season where you are sowing but not seeing fruit, that today we can reflect by focusing on God's faithfulness through the journey. God's been faithful. And God is faithful. God will be faithful to his word. And so that's the whole sermon. You can write that down and go to sleep. Focus on God's faithfulness throughout your journey. Now, if you choose to stay awake, I believe that these, uh, this, this passage will help us to understand how we can do that. We can take home a few principles that will help us focus on God's faithfulness while we're on this road trip. The first principle um, is in verses one and two. Write it down if you feel like it. The first principle is to reflect on what was. Reflect on what was watch what the text says in verse uh, verse one it says when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion we were like those who dream then our mouths were filled with laughter our tongue with shouts of joy then they said among the nations the Lord has done great things for them the psalm begins with the psalmist remembering better times He's, he's looking back and saying, oh, you remember? <laughs> Man, it was, remember when God did that thing, when he did that thing thing? When he, oh, it was like a dream. It was, it was, all, a, it was all a dream. <laughs> That's on the playlist, too. <laughs> he was remembering better times. Now, normally in the Psalms, there are context clues. Normally in the Psalms, either in the superscription or throughout the Psalm, you'll be able to tell what exactly they're talking about, what exactly is going on. You, a lot of times in the Psalms, you'll be able to kind of reflect back on the Israel of, uh, history of Israel and see what specific uh, area, era this Psalm is referring to when he says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. But in this one, we have have no idea what he's talking about we have no idea specifically what era of Israelite history he's referring to when he says when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion here's why that's so important and why we can shout on that God has blessed the people of Israel so often that we have no idea which time he's referring to it could be the deliverance from Egypt. It could be the emergence from the wilderness. It could be the conquest of Canaan. It could be the completion of the temple. It could be the return from exile. It's so many options. God has been so good to the people of Israel so many times that they could just pick one because we have no idea what time, what time he's referring to.
come to and I just want to encourage somebody because you might be saying what are you talking about when the Lord did what it don't matter it could be the time that he brought you through the difficulty it could be the time that he protected you from danger seen and unseen it could be the time that he preserved your relationship or preserved your mind in a difficult relationship it could be the time that he got you through college even though you know you didn't study the way that you were supposed to it could be the time that you passed that test even though you weren't where you were supposed to be it could be that time that God preserved you in your sin and forgave you even though you was wrong and you knew you was wrong when you did it and you did it anyway it could be that time that God did that thing when he did that thing thing the thing 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 the thing the last time but uh, what are you talking about what should I reflect on pick one we just sang it so many doors you've opened so many ways you've made so many times you've healed me you've been better you stay right there you just stay right there I'm coming back okay just you stay I was wondering where you was at the nine o'clock sir <laughs> Pastor ain't tell y'all I'm Baptist. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, um, uh, my children, my children um, are with me. Um, y'all, um, when children get frustrated, their memories get amazingly short. I love my kids, and and and, and I, I just just sometimes their, their memories get short um and and when 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 some when they ask for something and and the answer is no for whatever reason um they they respond in superlatives <laughs> they say stuff like you never let me do nothing fun <laughs> never for real never <laughs> me Am I the same daddy that took you to Chuck E. Cheese like three weeks ago and let you jump in the ball pit even though I was scared about the ball pit because the ball pit got spit and slobber and COVID and boo-boo chips in there but you jumped in the ball pit I let you have am I the same daddy that took you to bought that video game that you've been asking for you've been downstairs playing PlayStation for the last 17 hours straight and I did I buy you that doggone video game didn't I take you to the trampoline park so you could jump up and down on the trampoline for hours and hours and hours and it cost me $200 for you to jump up and down never for real and it's funny when we think about it with our children it's not so funny when we think about the fact that God has been good to us over and over and over again but we get into a difficult season and be like God you didn't come through God where you at God are you listening God are you paying attention and God is like am I not the same God who was there through the last time do you think that I've forgotten about you do you think that I don't love you anymore do you think that I've somehow but you leaked out of my memory and I don't think that am I not the same God who knows the number of hairs that is on your head and now you going through something and you losing your home y'all what ruins our appreciation of what God can do 
is our forgetfulness of what God has already done. And so some of us need to reflect on what was. But that's not all. That's not all that the, the scripture teaches us in this passage. If, if I'm going to focus on God's faithfulness during this road trip, I need to reflect on what was. But I also need to inspect what is. Inspect what is. Pick up about halfway through verse 2. Watch what happens. It says, Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We're joyful. Ooh, okay. Um, notice it says they said among the nations. These are people that don't even know God. We're not talking about Israel. We're talking about the other nations, the surrounding nations that, that see God's hand of favor on the people of God and the people who don't even know God are saying, God's been good to them. You, is there anybody at your job that's not even saved but watching you? They don't even go to church. They be like, God done blessed you. Y'all, it's a problem. When others recognize God's blessing on your life and you don't. The psalmist is like, man, the, the, all the nations saying God's been good to them. And it, and it took that for the psalmist to be like, you know what, you're right. God has been good to us. Y'all, there, there's somebody who's looking at your problems, wishing they had problems on your level. There's somebody watching you who would love to have your problems. Walter Hawkins said it like this, be grateful. <laughs> Cause somebody would love to be in your shoes. Be grateful cause someone else is worse off than you. But y'all, th this usually happens y'all when where you are doesn't look like what you planned. And so you don't compare yourself to what God has done, where you were and where you came from. You compare yourself to where you wish you were. And then discontentment creeps in, not because God ain't been good, but, but uh, discontentment creeps in because God hasn't done yet what you had hoped he would have done. And so we forget that I'm actually today living the stuff that I prayed about 10 years ago. Y'all missed the shout bus. We're going to have to see if we can bring it back around to you. Think about it for a second. Think about the stuff that you prayed for 10 years ago. Think about the stuff that you were praying about five years ago. Think about the stuff that you asked God for six months ago and then inspect what is. Has God not given you the answer to your prayers? For, oh, okay. Okay. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. You got into difficulty in your marriage and you forgot that at one time she was the girl of your dreams 
Y'all having some, 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 some arguments and, and, and you forgot that when you met her, you called all your homies and you was like, boy, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> You're having problems at your job. You forgetting that six months ago, that job was an answer to your prayer. Your co-workers getting on your nerves and you're like, I'm about to leave all of y'all. But you forgot that when you went on the interview, you called everybody at Epiphany. Talking about, hey, can y'all pray for me? I went on this job interview and I really think this is the one that God has for me right now. And so would you pray that the Lord would give me favor and then God gave you favor and you got in the job and then there were some issues at the job and now you don't appreciate the job because you forgot that the job was an answer to your prayers and so you forgot you sick of the people that you manage so much so that you forgot that you prayed to get this promotion the Lord's the Lord has been <laughs> um it, it's been years ago I, I, I bought my first house in DC we, we bought our first we bought our first house in DC, um, and, and something happens when you become a homeowner. We get in the house, we, we all happy, we celebrating God, God and his faithfulness, he blessed us with a home. Uh, <laughs> y'all laughing because y'all know what happened. <laughs> Dryer broke, basement flooded, roof leaking, toilet not flushing right. I get the water bill. Why is the water bill $747? Cause your toilet has been leaking for the last two and a half weeks. That's why your <laughs> I was mad. I called my dad. I said, Dad. being a homeowner is for the birds. That's what, so I was like, I ain't trying to be no homeowner. I, I, I got, everything done broke, now that I done bought, and now I got to pay the mortgage, and I got to pay to fix the toilet. <laughs> I praise God my dad got more sense than me. My dad was like, Bobby, do you remember when you were 16 and you looked at me in my face and said, I can't wait to get out this house and get all my out. And I started praying with you that the Lord would get you out of this house and get on your... You remember when I prayed with you that he would answer your prayer, that he, you, you would get out of this house and you would get your own place? Do you remember, Bobby, when you went to, the, uh, when you went to, the, to, the, to the, uh, that apartment and you was in the apartment, but the apartment had the janky uh, laundry machine and you had to get all the quarters to put the quarters in the laundry machine and you came to my house stealing all my quarters? I'm looking around like, where are all my quarters? You took my quarters to take and put it... You complaining about the dryer breaking and you and you ain't even realize that the dryer is an answer to your remember remember the maintenance man that you ain't know if he was high drunk or even there that day have you forgotten that where you are now is an answer to your prayers of yesterday Get off my phone and go and handle your business on the middle of your blessing. Stop complaining about the problems on the level that you prayed to get there. Of course there's problems on that level. That don't make it any less of an answer to your prayer. Look at somebody and say, inspect what is. Watch what he says. He said, <laughs> he said, 
The Lord has been good to us. We are glad. CSV says, CSB says, um, we're joyful. Present tense. It's right now gladness. It's present tense gladness. It's not I'll be glad when. It's I'm glad now. It's not I'll be glad when I get this. Or I'll be glad when this season is over. I'll be glad when these kids get out of my house. Or I'll be glad when the kids come to visit me. Or I'll be glad when something happens good. I'll be glad when I get the promotion. I'll be glad when I have more disposable income. I'll be glad when we don't have to wear these masks. I'll be glad when people start coming back to church. I'll be glad when I'll be glad when no, it's I am glad now because God is good now because God has been faithful to day and yes there are things that I'm hoping for but the things that I'm hoping for are not going to keep me from praising God in the present tense because God is not just good tomorrow when I say God is good and y'all say all the time all the time includes right y'all if you keep waiting for your next blessing to be glad, your joy will forever be trapped in a box marked next. That's what killed your faith. That's what got you away from church. It wasn't the pandemic. It wasn't the loss. It wasn't the pain. It wasn't the health issues. It wasn't the financial struggle. It's that all the badness caused you to forget God's goodness. And so inspect what is. I feel like I got more time this service than I had last time. Praise the Lord. Roll, roll with me. <laughs> I'm just trying to encourage you to... to to focus on God's faithfulness on this road trip. And in order to do that, we gotta reflect on what was. Inspect what is. One more, y'all, we, we gonna go. It's expect what's coming. Somebody say expect. Verse 4. Y'all still got your Bibles? I know y'all do. Great. Look at verse 4. He says, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, he will surely come back with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. He says, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams or the watercourses in the Negev. Now I had to figure out what that meant. I had no idea what that meant. And so I did the homework for you. Cheat off my paper, I'm gonna tell you why. <laughs> the Negev is a geographic region in Southern Judah. And throughout most of the year, spring into summer into fall, um, it's a very dry and arid area, which means there is little to no vegetation that comes up most of the year. 
But then in the winter time, when the um, when, when the weather just shifts a little bit, um, the uh, the springs and the wells get filled with water that will sustain the vegetation for the next several months. It doesn't just sustain the vegetation for the time that the water is flowing. It actually sustains the vegetation for months and months after. That happens, y'all, every year like clockwork at the same time. And so when the psalmist says, restore our fortunes like the streams or the watercourses in the Negev, basically what he's saying is, God, we expect that you will come through for us and you are always on time. We, we have an expectation that God you are going to come through. I know it's been dry. I know it's been arid. I know it's been difficult. I know you've gone through a season that has been hot and cold. Difficult and, ch and challenging. I know you've been going through this season but there is also still even in the middle of your difficulty the possibility that you can expect that God's going to come through. I just want to see if there's anybody at Epiphany Fellowship that even though you're going through difficulty you came to church today with a spirit of expectation that I know I've been going through but I expect God to come through I expect God to be right he may not come when I want him but he's always how can I explain this Oh, oh, uh, I told y'all I, I got kids. And so um, my, my, my children, <laughs> my children um, like to watch Disney movies, Disney Pixar movies. Um, and I get caught up watching the Disney Pixar movies, too. Um, the reality is I like them probably more than they do. Uh, can I be honest? They'll be gun off playing something and I still be <laughs> trying to figure out what, <clears throat> what's going to happen with Mulan. So... <laughs> Um, so, so my favorite, my favorite Disney Pixar movie is The Incredibles. Y'all like The Incredibles? I was watching The Incredibles, um, and 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 there's a there's a part in Incredibles number one in the first Incredibles. Um, Mr. Incredible, um, his name Mr. Incredible because he's incredible. Um, just trying to catch y'all up if you ain't seen it. Um, he's incredible, um, and, but but and Mr. Incredible is not supposed to be incredible, and so he's trying to live a normal life. But Mr. Incredible can't live a normal life. They got him working in insurance. He can't, he's trying to be an insurance person. But Mr. Incredible don't know how to be normal because he's, y'all got it on this side. They was, they was acting like they know what I was talking about over there. He's incredible. And so even the normal stuff Mr. Incredible does is incredible and so he's trying to just go to work and drive home he got him he got this little car and so and so he's trying to drive home and do regular stuff like go to work and come home but but he does incredible stuff by accident and so he'll get out the car and he'll bend the car or flip it upside down or hold it up with one hand and and so and so in the movie if you saw it um mr incredible's coming home from work um and and he's and he's trying to get his big self out of this little car um and he and he gets frustrated with the car and he picks up the car with his hand and every day throughout the scene, there's this little boy who rides his tricycle up to Mr. Incredible's house. Because every day he sees Mr. Incredible do something incredible and he pops the gum in his mouth like, wow. 
And it happens enough times that Mr. Incredible one day just got frustrated with the little boy. He comes home from work after a long, hard day at work and he's get frustrated with the car because he done bent the, the door hinge and he's trying to he's trying to figure out the car. He gets so frustrated with the car, he picks up the car and he looks over and sees the little boy. And he said, what do you want? What do you want to see? What are you looking for? And the little boy said, I don't know. Something awesome, I guess. Y'all ain't churchy enough at Epiphany. I gotta explain everything to y'all. This little boy rode his little tricycle up to Mr. Incredible's house because he knew Mr. Incredible was incredible. And every time Mr. Incredible tried to be normal, Mr. Incredible messed around and did something incredible. So he took his little tricycle and he drove his tricycle up to Mr. Incredible's house every single day with an expectation that he's gonna do something incredible. And I'm just trying to tell you about Jesus because Jesus don't know how to do stuff normal Jesus is Mr. Incredible and Jesus does incredible stuff by accident the problem is we miss half of his incredible stuff because we won't take our little tricycle and come up to where Jesus is I'm trying to help somebody with a spirit of expectation every time you wake up get your little tricycle and go see what Mr. Incredible is going to do because I believe that if we live our lives with a spirit of expectation what we will find is that God does incredible stuff that we wasn't even checking for because we didn't we didn't see it because we wasn't looking for it because we didn't have the spirit of expectation y'all if I went to Epiphany Fellowship I wouldn't miss a Sunday because Jesus is here and if Jesus is here that means he's going to do something incredible and so I come to church with a spirit of expectation that God's going to save somebody's soul that God's going to turn somebody's life around that God's going to bless somebody in ways I don't know how to explain because he's just incredible I wonder if there's somebody going through that will just shift your perspective and have a spirit of expectation I ain't seen it in a minute but I know God you are well able to do something amazing and so I'm going to show up with the expectation you didn't do it yesterday but I know you're going to do it tomorrow I got an expectation that you're going to do something amazing and as a matter of fact I'm not even looking for you to do the same thing you did yesterday because you are just that amazing you ain't got to run it back you can do something brand new I'm just wondering does anybody expect God you ain't miss it because he didn't do it you missed it because you didn't expect it Do I got time to tell y'all about the last part? It's my favorite part. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get. Y'all notice what he said in verse five? It says those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. who goes 
out goes a long weeping, but also carrying the bag of seed. Y'all missing this? He will surely come back with shouts of joy. Oh, somebody is gonna get blessed on this one. So ushers guard the door. Somebody gonna run. I gotta shut it down with this question. Did your sorrow stop you from sowing? There's a promise, there's an expectation in this passage that there will be shouts of joy, but it ain't for everybody. The shouts of joy are for the people who cried but they didn't let their crying stop them from sowing. They wept, but they did not let their weeping stop them from carrying that bag out there to continue the work. And I want to encourage somebody because somebody let their sorrow stop them from sowing. Where's my camera? Somebody stop coming to church because you went through and I'm calling you back so that you can come back to sowing. Don't let your sorrow stop you from sowing. Don't let the difficulty stop you from expecting that God's going to come through on the seed that I put in the ground. God cannot bring forth fruit from a seed that you didn't sow. And so if I would continue to sow, even though I have sorrow, that there will be a time where I will come back with shouts of joy and I'm expecting a shout because I sold when I was crying can I just encourage my big brother real quickly Pastor Mason, Lady Mason thank you for sowing even in your sorrow thank you for your faithfulness we celebrate 16 years today because of your faithfulness in seasons where there was sorrow. You sowed even in your tears. When your, when your week was hard, you still showed up. When you looked around and said, where are all those people that planted this church with me? Where are all those people who sat around the table with me in Dallas and dreamed up Epiphany Fellowship? When you look around and you see that you feel might feel lonely and a tear comes to your eye. Thank you so much for continuing to sow. Thank you for, for carrying your beautiful wife to her treatments but then still showing up on Sunday to teach us the word of God. Thank you for even when they were outside trying to, uh, trying to tear you down. The Israelites was acting like what we do in here had no value. You continue to sow even in your tears. Thank you big brother for being faithful for 16 years. Thank you big sister for loving your people, for being a, a calming presence, for sowing and pouring into the women of this church. Thank you for doing it with a smile, even though your body seemed to be failing you. Even when you cried, you sowed in your tears. And we are the benefit of your faithfulness. And so we all live with an expectation that God has blessing over your household because it, it has to be. Because you sowed in tears we expect there to be continually reaping and joy and we celebrate with you we shout and celebrate with
y'all, hey y'all. Focus on God's faithfulness throughout the entire road trip. You've been on this trip and you've been mad that you're on this trip, but with you in that car is a Lord that has been faithful through the whole journey. Reflect on what was, inspect what is, expect what is to come. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for challenging us and for encouraging us. We walk this journey with you and we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Another hand of praise for Dr. Bobby Manning this morning. What what an incredible word for us as we celebrate 16 years and we reflect on God's goodness. But I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited to look forward with expectation about what God is going to do with this church for the next 16 and the next 16 and the next 16. And so I don't know if you're excited, but I pray you are because God has some things in store for us. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand with me as we transition for communion? If you would stand with us as we prepare to take of the elements, if you don't have of the elements and you want to participate with this, because you raise your hand high so we can see who you are and make sure you're not missed. Someone's going to bring the tray around. Keep your hand up real high in the balcony as well if you need of the elements. Someone's coming your way, sis. I think I have one up in the balcony here. Amen. Well, the night that Jesus was to be betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. And afterwards, he took the cup and he blessed it and said, this is my blood, which has been poured out for your sins. And again, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Amen. Receive the Lord's benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace from now and forevermore. If you agree with that, say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you, Epiphany Fellowship. Happy 16th anniversary. We pray that we'll get a chance to see you next week. Don't forget, if you would like to purchase uh, one of Dr. Manny's books, they're going to be available for sale down on the first floor on your way out. Stop by and grab a resource, and let's support our dear brother. God bless you. Grace and peace. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond, 
particularly in inner cities, partner with us today. And if you don't know Jesus as Savior, based on his death, burial, and resurrection, place your confidence in him and go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Tune in next time so we can see you go from spiritual infancy to spiritual maturity. God bless you. Take care. We love you. We love you.